This is Queen Victoria. You are now entering the Murder Lab. Quarantine Edition, Part 2. I have even more recommendations for you, this time from Amazon Prime and Shudder. If you do not have Shudder, I highly recommend getting it. You can always cancel it later if you want to, but I said get it, try it out while you're in quarantine. I think you'll probably end up keeping it if you're a fan of horror at all, and I'll give you reasons to keep it. So let's just jump right on in. So I'm going to start with Amazon Prime. We're going to do the uh, fun ones first. We'll just breeze through these. So some of the fun things on Amazon Prime. Back to the Future 1 through 3. Clue. I still can't help but think of that movie anytime I'm adding numbers like 1 plus 2 plus 3. <laughs> so if you don't know what I'm talking about, you should really watch it. It's a classic. It's amazing. It's great. It's got all kinds of really talented, amazing people in it. So check it out or check it out again. The SpongeBob SquarePants movie. It is one of my favorite things to put on when I want to be cheered up. I've seen the second one. It wasn't as good. It was still cute. But I'm always going to love the first one. And I'm going to watch it until the day I die. Because it's just a really cute, fun movie. Teen Wolf. The classic from... The 80s with Michael J. Fox, Airplane 2, Naked Gun 33 and a third, Naked Gun 1 and 2 and a half is on Netflix, but you can watch Naked Gun 33 and a third on Amazon Prime right now. A couple of my favorites are on there as well. I mentioned some movies that I was pissed that I didn't know before the past few years. I wish I had seen before. One of these is Over the Top. I was not familiar with this movie until some buddies mentioned it to me, and I saw it on Amazon Prime. I was like, all right, um, I'll give it a chance. It is ridiculous and fun. It's uh, basically about Sylvester Stallone's character as a truck driver. He's an arm wrestler, and he enters this arm wrestling competition, and basically he has to win this money and win his son back. And if you think that statement is ridiculous, you are correct. It is very ridiculous, but it also is very fun. So watch it, and I will go into this more later. You can also watch it with the riff tracks playing. And then, of course, there is the immortal classic Roadhouse. I did not see this until a couple years ago, and I cannot believe how wonderfully ridiculous and fun and amazing. I don't even know how to describe how wonderful and terrible it is. If you have not seen it, pause the podcast, go watch it right now, and then come back and listen to this some more. Or after you're finished listening to this podcast, watch it again. If you haven't seen it for a while, you need to watch it again. It is truly a delight. Although, opinions vary. I had mentioned that Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, and Return of the King are on Netflix, but not the first one. So the first one is on Amazon Prime, which I believe I mentioned in the last episode, but I'm specifically focusing on things on Amazon Prime because you don't have to pay for them if you have a Prime membership. So I figure in this quarantine time, this time when maybe hours are cut back or you're not working right now, maybe money's a little tighter, I'm trying not to suggest things that I know that you will have to pay for, except for Shudder. But we'll, we'll get to that. Another documentary that you need to see is Lost Soul, The Doomed Journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Dr. Moreau. It's in reference to the Island of Dr. Moreau with Val Kilmer and Marlon Brando and that weird little guy that Minnie Me is based on. So if you haven't seen that movie, <laughs> you should watch it because it's, I don't even know. But if you haven't seen, even if you haven't seen that movie, you need to watch this documentary because it's incredible, the journey. It truly is a doomed journey where Richard Stanley, he had done a few movies that were like more kind of like sci-fi, like hardware, and I hadn't heard of him or those movies until we came, happened upon this documentary. So I don't think he was as well-known a director, except maybe in like the underground scene. I don't know what you kids call it these days. So Richard Stanley was supposed to direct this Island of Dr. Moreau, and the documentary takes you through his ideas for it, how he started it, how it started to be filmed, and then how it all went to shit. Because he got kicked off the set, and then Val Kilmer was brought in, and was Mr. Crazy, Bully, Diva. And then Marlon Brando was brought in, who was even crazier and even more of a diva. And just 
it gets insane. And then there's even more twists in there. It's truly one of those things where no matter how many times I watch it, it still is mesmerizing. So check it out. Lost Soul, The Doomed Journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Dr. Moreau. You will enjoy it. Now we will go on to scary movies. If you're a Rob Zombie fan, chances are you've probably already seen the movie 31. Unless you're just a casual Rob Zombie fan and you haven't necessarily seen everything that he's done, but you're interested. 31, I had mixed feelings about. I thought it was pretty interesting, but I didn't really care for it. Well, that's a little strong. I didn't think it was as good, but I thought it was interesting. And it has some of your regular characters you're used to seeing. By characters, I mean cast members that you're used to seeing. They have some new interesting characters that those cast members play. I had a weird moment when I recognized the voice of one of the actresses, and it was Dottie from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. So I would recommend giving it a chance, seeing what you think. It's always an adventure to watch whatever Rob Zombie comes up with. If you're not familiar with the movie Body Bags, that is also on Amazon Prime. It is one of those movies that has three stories in it that make up the movie. Segments are directed by John Carpenter and Tobe Hooper, also involved. You'll recognize Tom Arnold, Robert Carradine from Revenge of the Nerds, Wes Craven, Sam Raimi, Stacey Keach, Mark Hamill, Roger Corman. It's got a shit ton of people. I highly recommend giving it a chance if you have not seen it or have not seen it for a while. I mentioned in the part one of the quarantine edition, the movie Victor Crowley, and I said that I would talk about it later. So Victor Crowley was on HBO, but the first three movies in the series are on Amazon Prime. The first movie is Hatchet, and this is one of those movies where I was flipping through, I saw it on Prime, and I watched the preview, and I noticed that it got all these, won all these awards. So I watched it and I was surprised how much I actually enjoyed it. Now, if I haven't said it before, I am not really into slasher flicks. Like, I don't mind them. It just depends on how they're done. I tend to not, I don't really care for gore. It, it really just depends. So basically, like, Friday the 13th. I'm not a big fan of the series. Love the first one. The first one's a classic and it's well done. But then it just starts to go off the rails. What makes a slasher interesting is if they find interesting ways to kill the person. Okay, sometimes I can be on board with that. It depends on the mood I'm in. But like, Jason doesn't even really change it up that much. As I went back and watched them all again, and I thought I remembered that he did more different kinds of killing, but there's just a few different variations. And frankly, I get sick of the, oh, he was electrocuted, so now he's alive again. And then all of a sudden he can jump from body to body. Where the hell did that come from? Brought up in one movie and I'm pretty sure it wasn't brought up again. So if you're on board for just, you don't need any kind of reason to your horror, then have at it. That's great. It's not for me. I might be overthinking things. It's not the first and last time that I will or have overthought things. So personally, I don't love just watching someone go around and kill people for basically no reason. But Hatchet? actually made it kind of interesting and funny and fun. I am a fan of the series. Like I said, there's three movies and then Victor Crowley on HBO. So there's a total of four that I've noticed. I'm pretty sure I mentioned that Hatchet made me recognize Adam Green, who's the director, who was also, also did Digging Up the Marrow, which I recommended last time. Another reason to watch Hatchet is because Kane Hodder's in it. The dude who played Candyman, Tony Todd. I'm pretty sure Robert England makes an appearance in it. And then in the second and third one, Danielle Harris, which you may recognize from the Halloween franchise, she's actually in it and she is wonderful. So a lot of good people. It's a fun time. I say do it. Full disclosure, I actually recorded this already and then I did dumb things and deleted this part of it. So I had the first part, but not the second part. So I'm having the problem that I don't remember what I said in the last one and what I said in the deleted part. So if I repeat myself, I apologize. I'm having trouble keeping everything straight in my brain because I've said a lot of things. And yes, I did re-listen to the episode when I was editing it yesterday, <laughs> but I still don't remember what exactly I've said. So I apologize if I tell you things more than once, but you know what? That's okay. In quarantine, everyone should be more forgiving and a little bit looser and a little more loving, like on Christmas Eve. I mentioned before my fear of shaky cam movies if they're done well. So the movie Hell House is on Amazon Prime, 
and it's one that that did kind of get to me a little bit. It uh it got a little under my skin and I jumped a few times. But I think it's it's fairly well done. I will say there are two sequels, and by the third sequel I was out. I watched it and I was like, this is stupid and the effects are kind of lame and I'm just totally not interested anymore. So it had me at the first one and it lost me by the third one, though I did think I was able to, I sat through the whole thing, but I will not be watching it again. It would be possible that I would give the first one a chance again, because like I said, I thought that one was kind of fun. A movie you definitely should watch is Hereditary. If you have not seen it, watch it now. If you have an Amazon Prime description, I <laughs> time I said description. I'm surprised I didn't say prescription. Subscription. There we go. Watch Hereditary now. I don't know how I feel about the ending and where they took it to, but I think overall it was solid. It kept a really good mood. It's one of those that just is, um, gets under your skin and, and then like, you know, throws everything at you at the end. Although it has one of those major what the fuck moments that I don't usually get in movies where it totally shocks me to the point where I just yell what the fuck just happened or I literally was just like speechless like the only other movie that I can think of off the top of my head is uh The Departed and if you've seen The Departed you will know the moment that I'm talking about at the very end where I literally just paused it and I was like oh my god did that just really happen? Like, holy shit. So if you have not seen The Departed, I'm not going to spoil it. Go watch it because it's a really good movie. I don't know if it's on Amazon Prime or anything or any of these channels. I just thought of it. So check it out, though. See if you can find it on something for free. Although if you do pay some money for it, I think it's worth it if you're a Martin Scorsese fan. So Hereditary definitely had one of those moments. And I think you should give it a try and watch it. If you are a Clive Barker fan, Lord of Illusions is available on Amazon Prime. I will say I have an uneasy relationship with old Clive. I believe I discussed Hellraiser last time and I'm appealed and appalled by, by some of what he does. So specifically Lord of Illusions, I have a weird relationship too because I loved Quantum Leap when I was in high school and I loved Sam Beckett, Scott Bakula. So he was pure of heart. And he was a blessed soul in Quantum Leap. So to see him in Lord of Illusions and see him get it on with this woman in a non-Sam Beckett manner, I was naive enough that that actually bothered me when I watched it. And <laughs> I had trouble compartmentalizing my relationship with Sam Beckett and Scott Bagula. So I wasn't thrilled with Lord of Illusions the first time I saw it. Although I did watch it again over the past couple of years, I liked it better because I'm an adult now and I can handle knowing that actors aren't the people that they play in all their things. So <laughs> Sam Beckett isn't real, so I can handle watching it. Anyway, it still gives me something unsettling, but that's okay. If you haven't seen Lord of Illusions, watch Lord of Illusions because it is still interesting. And you know, I do love me some Scott Bakula. So even if you just watch it to look at Scott Bakula, if that's your primary goal, then you're, you're going to win because he's beautiful. And then maybe you'll just happen to like some of the other things that happened in the movie. I don't know. A movie you should definitely catch if you have not caught it is Midsummer. And as I mentioned earlier in the last one, I watched it again after watching The Wicker Man again. I will continue to watch that movie every so often for as long as I can because it's just phenomenal. It gets under your skin. There's lots of things going on. They're wonderful at creating this mood. And I admit that her having panic attacks and the, I don't know if frequency is the right word or tone, but they're great at using the music and everything to just, <laughs> I wish you could see me because I'm doing things with my hands that would express the words that I'm trying to get out of my mouth. But unfortunately, this is a podcast or fortunately, because I really don't think anybody should be looking me, looking at me for any length of time. So um, it's creepy is basically what I'm trying to say is they're great at creating this creepy vibe and immersing you in it and even drawing you in to understanding how someone would get wrapped up in that. It's a great juxtaposition of everything, of the horror of it and the appeal of it. And if you don't know what the hell I'm talking about because you haven't seen it, you just need to watch it. And then there's Poltergeist 2, which if you don't remember which one that is, that's the one with the creepy old man in it. I still think it's a pretty solid movie. I say watch it. If you haven't seen it for a while or you want to see it again, 
I'm going to go off on a little tangent here to explain uh, my next choice. Puppet Master The Littlest Reich. If you are not familiar with the Puppet Master series, I think that you should be, but I understand if you don't want to be. I kind of have uh, mixed feelings about things myself. So in my journeys, and I'm trying to remember the very first time I happened upon it, I started to notice the name Charles Band creeping into things. And I can't even remember how I happened upon Puppet Master, but I watched Puppet Master and I like the puppets. I don't know. I like puppet things. I like doll things, little creatures. I like that kind of stuff. So when I looked into who Puppet Master's production company was, it is Full Moon Productions. So then I noticed they were behind some other things and I started actively trying to seek out other Full Moon pictures. And I think a lot of them are crap. A lot of them just are not very good. I will sit through some of them because they still are kind of in entertaining. Some of them I don't even really give much of a chance because they're not worth it. But the Puppet Master series I think is interesting and I believe I stated before that I get obsessed with franchises because I like to see how they develop or mess up the mythology that they create. And Puppet Master is interesting because it definitely starts to get weird with its mythology around the second and third movie, which I won't get, I guess I won't get too, too into it. <laughs> But they do, oh god, there's like seven of them. And I do like that they try to develop it and explain it. And some of the movies aren't that great. But I like watching it for the puppets. The puppets are always enjoyable. So if you can make it through the rest of the movie, it's worth just watching the puppets. I think they do a good job on them. The great thing about Puppet Master Littlest Reich is that it is a more modernized one. That It has higher production value. And it actually has like Thomas Lennon in it and other well-known actors. So it's a lot of fun. I think it's one that even Todd might possibly enjoy. So if you're not sure about the rest of the Puppet Master series, at least give Littlest Reich a chance. It's a little bit different than the rest of the series, but it is fun. I did check to see if any of the Puppet Master series is, av is available. They are available on Amazon, but you would have to pay for all of them, which is kind of a bummer. Or you can go online and see if you can... Maybe buy them for cheap. Just buy the whole bundle. Or when this is all over, you can come over. I have them, of course. And we can watch them together. We will, uh, I will be referencing Full Moon later on as well. You haven't heard the end of that one. Among the movies that I'm not sure how I feel about is Repo the Genetic Opera. Part of me likes it, and I like some of the songs, and part of me thinks it's probably terrible. So I've watched it a couple of times, and I still have that same feeling. I, I imagine most people probably just outright hate it or like it. I don't know how many people, how many other people are lukewarm about it or just have mixed feelings about it. If you have seen it, let me know what you think. If you hate it or the reasons why you also think that it's appealing and or why you think it's totally unappealing. I'm just interested to see what aspects other people think are bad about it or good about it. What attracted me to it was that, like, first of all, it's got Paul Sorvino in it from Goodfellas. Giles from Buffy, and I can't think of his real name. The girl from Spy Kids. I don't even know how, when I watched Spy Kids, but for some reason I recognized her as like, oh my god, she's all grown up. That's the girl from Spy Kids. And then what blew my mind is after I had, when I was watching it the second time, I was looking again because it had been years since I had seen it. So I was looking to see who all the actors were in it because some are in heavy makeup and things like that. And one of the brothers is Bill Mosley from the Rob Zombie movies, which blew my mind because... It does not look like him with that makeup and stuff. So that was pretty crazy. That kind of, I don't know, that was one of the things that I found enjoyable because I do like him. So if you don't think that you would like a really weird rock musical thing that has, it's just, it's odd. So if you're not sure that you would be, if, if any, any of those words did not appeal to you, don't waste your time, I guess. But if any of that sounds kind of interesting, then give it a chance. I'll mention real fast... Return of the Living Dead. If you haven't seen it, you should see it. If you have seen it, watch it again. It's fun. What Woman in Black. It has a Daniel Radcliffe in it. That was one I didn't expect it to be as good as it was. I basically expected it not to be very good because I expect most kind of horror movies to be like not very good. But it was actually pretty solid. So I say give that a chance. Now I'm going to get into a little bit some movies that I happened upon that I actually wound up liking. Flipping through, I found The Barons, and it was around the time that I was watching True Blood, and I noticed that Bill from True Blood is on The Barons. And since it was basically a horror movie, and he was on it, I figured I'd give it a chance. And I actually enjoyed it. I thought it was a pretty good movie. I believe I even went back and watched it a second time. So I say, give it a chance. The dude thinks he sees the New Jersey Devil. If you don't know about the New Jersey Devil, there is a last podcast on the left about it. 
And there's all kinds of lore about it, so check that out. It's pretty interesting. The Barons. Another The Movie that I happened upon that I liked is The Collector. It was one that I believe there were moments that made me kind of squirmy, but I thought overall I enjoyed it. I thought it was an interesting little, I like to say romp. The Collector, it's the idea that he's breaking into someone's house to steal stuff, and then it turns out that someone's actually hunting him. So then you have that like meta moment where the hunter is being hunted, and then you're trying to figure out what's going on, and will he get away, and blah, blah, blah. So it's pretty interesting. The movie Triangle was pretty good. I like that it made me think a little bit differently, and I'm actually kind of surprised it made me think at all. <laughs> because, you know, not, not a lot of horror movies are really in there, are produced to make you think. They're produced to make you feel and react, and or just have fun, and that's okay. Something that I like to say is that there is no shame and just being what you are. So when I say that, I'm talking about if you are a horror movie, just be a horror movie. If you want to be a thought-provoking horror movie, that's great. Be a thought-provoking horror movie. But don't try to do too much. A great example of this is Magic Mike. Pardon me. But if you're going to be a dick movie, just show the dick. Don't try to be a morality play. Don't try to throw morals and drugs and into the wang. Just hang on and don't be ashamed about it. And I, I understand why he did it that way and why he felt compelled to do it that way. But it really was a downer and it re I really hated it by the end of it. And I'm, <laughs> I actually, <laughs> I'm glad that on the DVD they have where you can just watch the dance sequences. Which he learned from the first one because the second one was way lighter. Although it was really boring. There are like long periods where they're just talking and there's some feelings in there. And again, don't have feelings. Don't have just hang dong. I don't know. Like I understand that like sometimes you want to have some story in there. You need a little bit of a buffer in between the skin. But that's all we need. We just need a little bit. I mean, we're big girls. We can handle it. Or boys. I don't know. Boys like it too. So we're adults. We can handle it. Just may maybe throw in some stuff in the middle. But for the most part... Don't give me morals when you're showing me your butt. That's all that I'm saying. So if you're going to be a horror movie, just be a horror movie. I have totally gotten off track. I got myself off on a tangent and maybe got myself off a little. No, no, no. <laughs> so back to Triangle. Is Triangle is kind of odd, but I like that it was doing something a little different. And because what it was doing was trippy, I caught myself trying to catch them messing up. So it's hard to describe what they're doing. I don't want to give anything away because I think part of the fun of it is watching how they let everything play out. I like that they got me trying to catch them. It was very interesting. Triangle. Now some movies that I have not seen that I plan on watching. And I'm curious if anyone else has seen. I have a ton of serial killer books, as I'm sure that you're not surprised to hear. One of them is Dear Mr. Gacy by Jason Moss. I have not read it yet. But I did notice that on Amazon Prime, there is a movie called Dear Mr. Gacy based on that book. So if any of you have seen that, let me know what you think. I have mixed feelings. Sometimes I like to read the book before I see a movie. So that way I can, I have some context and I can kind of, you know, compare them. And, you know, I try to be open-minded with the movie. But on the other hand, I don't always like to go in feeling judgmental because it's hard not to judge a movie if you know what the book is. So sometimes I like to watch the movie, so I have the movie based on its own merit or lack of. And then when I read the book, the movie can still be its own thing, or then I can still get pissed off and say, okay, well, they totally missed the point on this. So let me know if you thought it was good. Give me your thought if you think I should read the book before I watch the movie. Let me know if you, what, how you've done it, if you've read the book and seen the movie. Bringing back Adam Green of Hatchet and Digging Up the Marrow, the movie Frozen is on Amazon Prime. And no, it's not the Disney. That's why I made sure to bring up Adam Green first, because obviously if he does slasher movies, this probably won't be one you want to watch with your young children. So I have not seen Frozen yet. Um, I have a buddy that suggested it to me, so I'm definitely going to make sure to check that one out. Now I'm going to take a few minutes and just run through some shows that I believe that you should watch. We'll start with the fun ones. Good Omens, I believe was fun. The Tick, that's another fun one. If you're looking into some nostalgic shows, there's Third Rock from the Sun, The Carol Burnett Show. I remember watching that when I was a kid. That's how, that's how I got introduced to Harvey Korman, Tim Conway, you know, some of the greats. 
my parents got me interested in Are You Being Served, which is a BBC show. So I have a special place in my heart for Are You Being Served because I watched it with my parents. So I'm excited to see that that series is on there. If you're not interested in older British sitcom humor, maybe take a pass on that one. If you like that kind of thing, I say give it a chance. It's, it's a cute show. If you are a fan of serial killers and true crime, a, not, a fiction series is True Detective. If you have not heard of it, season one is really good. Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey are fantastic. Matthew McConaughey I was in love with through the show. I mean, Woody Harrelson was great, but Matthew McConaughey specifically had lines that I was like, wow. It got kind of deep and dark, but it was really good. Now there's a second season and possibly even a third, I don't know. But they do the thing where they have different people in each season. So I haven't really gotten into the second season yet because I was so in love with the first one and the cast of the first one. I just haven't been able to, I haven't been able to move on yet. So if the second season is good, let me know. I'll give it a chance. If you don't think it's as good, then maybe I will push it back a little bit more and save that for another time. A true crime documentary series is Making of the Mob. So if you're into mob things... I recommend that. Todd and I watched it and we thought that it was, they did a good job on it. So, making of the mob. I mentioned True Blood earlier. It is on Amazon Prime. I will tell you that's another show that I liked and I didn't like. I didn't like Sookie. I didn't always like the writing. I thought it was kind of goofy sometimes. But overall, it was fun. We actually do in the Todd the Fox Band, every once in a while we do the True Blood theme song. Just so you know. Some serial killer documentaries, series, you need to watch... H.H. H. Holmes, America's First Serial Killer Documentary, which I think that's actually just like a movie. It's a documentary. It's not a series, but check that one out. The series Inside the Mind of a Serial Killer is really good. Murder Casebook is interesting. That's one where I believe I referenced in one of the other ones that said John George Haig, the acid bath murderer. They took a piece of chicken and they dissolved it in acid and, you could, and showed you kind of how the process goes and how long it takes. So that's interesting. They do things like that. Serial killer culture is very interesting. So there's some serial killer things to check out. A random one that I threw in here is The Boys. So The Boys is a superhero-y thing, but it's a darker one. So apparently it's based on a graphic novel and I'm not familiar with it. I did not know about it until Todd saw it on Amazon Prime and was telling me a little bit about it. So it is darker. It shows a darker side of superheroes, but it also has some levity and... um. I think it's pretty fun. It's pretty well done. I wouldn't say that I love it, but I would say that I enjoyed it. And I do look forward to seeing season two. I don't think it's come out yet. So I recommend The Boys. I would be remiss if I did not mention the Boggy Creek series. Todd the Fox himself did the theme song. And he doesn't do all of the music, but he does do a few things here here and there throughout the show. But definitely the theme. It's uh, our buddy Henrik Kuto. Make sure you check out Henrik Kuto and all of his stuff that he does. You may recognize some of the faces in it. There's a lot of local actors that are in the show. And it's there on Amazon Prime. That's pretty exciting. I'm going to take a second and tell you one of the reasons that I love Amazon Prime. And that is because Rift Tracks is on there. There is a lot of Rift Tracks movies available on Prime at any given time. And they switch around what is available on Prime. The rest you do have to buy. But I go to the site and I buy stuff off Rift Tracks anyway. So if you're not familiar with Rift Tracks, if you're familiar with MST3K, Mystery Science Theater 3000, Mike, Bill, and Kevin from MST3K went on to Rift Tracks. So then Joel went off and did some things and then now you know that they've rebooted MST3K and you know and he's actually gone on tour if you didn't know that we actually saw MST3K live with Joel at uh, in Springfield over the summer. So the difference with Rift Tracks is that they don't have to worry about having movie rights necessarily because they aren't putting themselves in the movie. They are just playing the movie and then saying funny things about the movie. So when they do it live, they play the movie and they're just standing on stage and saying it. If you're watching Rift Tracks movie, you just hear them talking and you're watching the movie. There is an app that you can download for Rift Tracks where you are playing the movie, you click the button on your phone and it listens. The app listens to the movie and then it plays the tracks along with the movie. So it's pretty freaking sweet. And they don't only do like bad movies. Well, a lot of them are, but they do all kinds of movies now. So it's pretty amazing. They do Over the Top and Roadhouse. So I mentioned you need to watch those before. So you can watch the Rift Tracks versions 
as well. Check it out. You can just type Rift Tracks Prime to see what's available for free right now. Or if you want to spend some money, you can always just see what Rift Tracks ones are available. What's cool is on the site is they have it listed available on Hulu, available on Netflix. So that way, if they have if they have Rift Tracks for those movies, you don't have to own it. You can just go to Netflix and start the movie, start the app on your phone, and you're good to go. There's my ad for Rift Tracks because I love them and I watch them all the time. Now, on to Shudder. All right, I'm going to run through some movies to watch on Shudder. I mentioned Rob Zombie earlier. Devil's Rejects and Three from Hell are both available on Shudder. I personally did not think Three from Hell was as good, but I still enjoyed it. So if you are a Rob Zombie fan, but you haven't had a chance to see it, now's your chance if you own Shudder or if you would like to purchase Shudder, it is well worth it. The Babadook is on there. I imagine you've heard of the Babadook, so I'm not going to say much about it, but if you haven't but if you haven't had a chance to watch it, watch it. A movie that is way underrated that I don't know why more people don't know about it and I'm upset that I didn't know about it until Todd told me about it. Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Oh my god, you've got to see it. So even if you get Shudder just for that, personally I think it would be worth it. I don't know, that might be a big statement, but it's a really good movie. It's basically about these college students are doing a documentary on a guy who's claiming to be a serial killer that everybody thought died years ago. And what's fun about it is he goes through and he tells a lot of tricks of the trade. So that in and of itself is lots of fun. And then there are twists and turns and there are really good actors. So definitely make sure to catch Behind the Mask. One of the movies that I tried out just to try out, but I'd never heard of before, Don't Leave Home. It's an interesting one. I don't want to give a whole lot away, but an artist goes to stay at this house and then weird things happen. And I don't want to say what weird things, but I really didn't expect it. So it caught me off guard and I think that it was, I, I enjoyed what they did with it. Haunt, which I believe is a Shutter original. It's about a secret haunted house that's kind of like invitation only that they happen, these kids happen upon and, and they go in there and then shit goes crazy. And I thought it was pretty fun and it was kind of different. I like... They're the different faces and masks and shit in it. So based on that alone, I found it enjoyable. So I would recommend Haunt. Along those same lines, I just watched The Furies. And that's a thing where these, these girls wake up in the middle of a forest and they're being hunted by people in different masks and shit. And they have to either band together or, or kill each other. Basically, it's, you know, so it's kind of like how does human nature handle these things will they handle it by killing each other will they handle it by helping each other and then there's different the different costumes and stuff i think are interesting so there's also something else to it but i don't want to give it away so i would say haunt and the furies check them out there's house two which is fun incident in a ghost land is another one where it did something that i didn't expect and i enjoyed that so incident in a ghost land mandy if you have not seen mandy you should probably see mandy I had mixed feelings while I was watching it. Sometimes I felt like it was too much, um, but I appreciate what they were trying to do. And I always like seeing Nicolas Cage go on Rampage. It's a lot of fun. Now, I know people either have mixed feelings about Nicolas Cage or they just outright don't like him. I personally like him. I understand why people have mixed feelings about him or don't care for him. I get it. But personally, I find it endearing. And I could admit, sometimes he's ridiculous and not that great. But that's part of why I love him. I don't know how to explain that other than if you don't feel it, then you're not going to feel it and I don't know how to describe it to you. But Con Air. Con Air is terrible, but it's fun. It is so much fun. And his hair and his accent, it's ridiculous. But that's part of the fun. I don't know that anyone else could have done that the way that Nicolas Cage did it because he brings his own special thing. So at any rate, Mandy is fun to watch him go crazy. And it's good on different levels as well. So give Mandy a chance. Another Shudder original. I watched The Marshes. I don't know. It seemed like it was just kind of there. Like, it was okay. It was a little slow. I appreciate that they were trying to build this scary character that was hunting them. But it was okay. I'm not sorry that I watched it. It's fine if you want just something on in the background while you're doing something else. I mean, you do kind of have to pay attention, I guess, a little bit. But it's nothing like totally exciting or anything. Next of Kin. It's about this woman who is taken captive by this family. It's her family. But then they end up doing terrible things to her. So in a way, if you feel like you're trapped in your own home, it might be good like, hey, at least you're not actually trapped by psychotic people that are hurting you. So that may be good. It may be cathartic, you know, somehow. But if, you, if that doesn't sound appealing to you, then don't watch it. But I thought it was pretty good. 
patchwork is odd. It's it's one where I was definitely like, this is weird. And sometimes I really liked it. And sometimes I was kind of like, eh, I don't know. But the bad guy in it, he does say some pretty funny things. And overall, I do like the idea of it. And I I know I frequently say I appreciate what they were trying to do. And I know that probably sounds condescending as hell, but I don't mean it to sound condescending as hell. It's about the spirit of what I'm trying to say, people. Get into my spirit. Another one that's good is Summer of 84. That's one I wasn't sure how to feel. And I know I've probably mentioned before that sometimes I don't know if kids in movies are going to be annoying or good. But this was one of those cases where it's mostly kids in the movie but they were really good. They were engaging. And the first part, these kids think that their neighbor might be a serial killer. So they start following them around. And it's kind of it's kind of your typical, you know, kids acting like detectives. Fun. And then it gets kind of dark and serious and deep by the end of it. But it's really good. So I highly recommend Summer of 84. Another gem that I discovered is The Void. It is in the vein of The Thing. It has Lovecraftian elements. It is really good. I'm not even going to tell you anything about it. Just watch it. A documentary that you should check out is Killer Legends. It delves into urban legends and if there is any kind of basis of truth in them. So in that documentary, I learned how people would say, make sure the candy isn't poisoned at Halloween. And people would say, oh, that never really happened. But technically, there is a dad, I think like in the 70s or something, that poisoned his own kid's pixie stick for insurance. And because of that asshole, now everyone, even now, has to feel unsafe about what their kid ingests at Halloween. So it's little things like that that are very interesting. So I really think you should check that out. It's very interesting. If you have not seen the new Creep Show show, you need to see it. This new Crypt guy, he doesn't speak. He just has like a creepy little laugh and stuff. So I like that. I think they've done a they did a good job on his animation and the stories are really good. I did not expect the stories to be so solid. They're very engaging. It got so every Saturday what Todd and I would do is while we were eating our breakfast we would watch the new creep show that came out. We're very sad that the season's over and we cannot wait for more to come out. So if you have not checked out the new creep show, check it out. I don't think you'll be disappointed. It's got really good people. It's got really good stories. Escape from New York is on there. I mean, I love me some Snake Plissken. If you don't know the words that I'm saying, you need to find out about Snake Plissken. Kurt Russell is amazing, and I love him, and I will love him forever. Another movie that I'm, I'm super excited to see that it came out on Shudder is In the Mouth of Madness. It's one that I have just loved for a long time. So I was excited when it came out on Shudder, and I immediately made Todd watch it because he hadn't seen it in years. It is fantastic. And it's also kind of Lovecraftian. It's like a mixture of Stephen King and H.P. Lovecraft. It's a John Carpenter movie. So, you know, it's going to be good. It's trippy. It messes with your head. I think the effects are still good. I think the story's still good. I think it's still as creepy as it was the first time I watched it. It's got Sam Neill in it. And he's great. As I am want to say in these episodes, if you have not seen it, see it. If you have seen it, see it again. Now... We're going to get to the meat of Shudder. The main reason why we got and have kept Shudder, Joe Bob Briggs. I was not terribly familiar with Joe Bob until recently. I've heard of him, but I hadn't really seen any of his work or anything. I don't know how I missed all that, but I've missed weird things. And I've experienced weirder things. So it's, you just never know with me. So when I was debating whether to get Shudder, it was an issue of money. Like, should we spend the money... My argument was, even though I do have Hulu and Netflix and Amazon Prime, if there is a channel just for horror, I should probably have that channel. So when we were talking about it and Todd found out that Joe Bob Briggs had a show on Shudder and he was like, yes, we are getting Shudder. And then plus when the new Creep Show came out, he's like, we are definitely keeping Shudder. Shudder is a permanent fixture in our house now. So Joe Bob got us on Shudder. Thank you, Joe Bob. Now I'm going to run down what Joe Bob brings to the table and why you should own Shudder because of Joe Bob. If you're not familiar, Joe Bob is incredibly knowledgeable about all kinds of movie shit and just shit in general. He does the opening, plays a movie, and then he'll cut in and he'll tell you something something about that movie. Movie will play, he'll cut in and tell you something else about the movie. And then there's also other fun things happening and there's a sexy male girl, Darcy, and she'll put on costumes and 
of whatever the movie is about. And it's just fun. And it's informational. So it is the best of all the worlds. There is Joe Bob Briggs' Dinners of Death and the four movies he covers in Dinners of Death. Blood Rage, which is about a twin that was in an insane asylum and he gets out and then he's on a blood rage. It's, it's an okay movie, but Joe Bob makes it better. Now, I will admit, the next one was Dead or Alive. I could not get past the first few minutes. It was just too much for me. I can't even tell you. I don't even really remember what specifically about it. There were several things about it that I just was not into. So personally, I could not do that one, even for Joe Bob. But I say, if you start watching it and you're into it, just keep going. Go for it. Watch it and love it. Or watch it and hate it. And then we can all talk about how you hated it. I don't know. The Hills Have Eyes. Now, this is one of those movies that I probably should have seen before. And it's kind of weird that I haven't. I hadn't watched it because I was concerned, I don't know, that it would be rapey. And I don't know. I was afraid it would be. I think I watched the most recent version. And I was like, meh. But thank you, Joe Bob, for exposing me to The Hills Have Eyes. Because I am glad that I saw it. I probably won't watch it again because it is kind of a lot. But it's it's still, it's good. It's based on um, the Bean family from, I believe, Scotland. I will actually be covering them in my next series when I do Families at Murder Together, so stay tuned for that. The last movie in the dinner series is The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So that is one of my favorites. I don't even know what to say other than if you think it's magnificent, it's even better with Joe Bob. There is Joe Bob Briggs' Halloween Hootenanny, where, surprise, surprise, he covers Halloween the movie. He does Halloween 1, 4, and 5. I can't remember why he said he didn't do 2 or 3, but uh, I have this thing, and if I haven't mentioned it before, I have a compulsive thing where if I know that there is a series of things, I can't just do like the second in the series and be able to move on with my life. If I know that there's several of them, I need to start the first one and work my way through. I don't know. <laughs> so it was kind of difficult for me to go from Halloween 1 straight to Halloween 4. So I had already seen them, so I was able to breathe and and, and go go with it. And Halloween, the Halloween series is one that I like better than Friday the 13th. I feel like they do kind of try to do some things with it. I think for whatever reason, Mike Myers got to me more than Jason did. I'm not 100% sure why, but I do like how they do the thing where she's standing there combing her hair, and then in the background you can see Michael just kind of hanging out in the closet, and she can't see him, but you can see him. That, I don't know, that always gets to me. Anyway, if you're going to check out Halloween movies, check them out with Joe Bob. Now, on to The Last Drive-In. There are two seasons of The Last Drive-In. The first season, the first movie, is Basket Case. If you are into horror movies or cult movies or anything like that, I am sure that you have seen it. Maybe you've just dipped your toes in the cult movie pond and you're ready to just dive on in. Dive on in, baby. Basket Case is fun. Todd found, I believe the company is called Middle of Beyond. He found a Basket Case Christmas ornament and we purchased it. And I can't wait for Christmas to come around because we got it after Christmas on sale and we can hang it on our tree when it is time. It's very exciting. The next movie is Blood Feast. I'm going to take a moment and talk about Herschel Gordon Lewis. I believe I was watching Juno and Justin Bateman's character mentioned the movie Wizard of Gore. And I remember being intrigued because I didn't know what that was. So I looked it up and I actually found it was by Herschel Gordon Lewis. So I watched it. So then I also watched Blood Feast, which is also by Herschel Gordon Lewis. And I did a little research. Apparently, Blood Feast was known as like the first gore movie. And he was like the father of gore. So he was doing gore before it was even really done. Blood Feast is from 1963. So his big thing, and I don't want to give too much away because Joe Bob does a much better version than I will of it of talking about Herschel. He actually met him and knew him, but he was more into marketing and this was a big time for exploitation. So like if sexy things weren't allowed, then if you put it in a certain spin in context, like it was educational video or like nudie cuties had to be in a nudist camp, everything was really confined. So he was great at, ex at finding that one little place and exploiting it and then getting people to come see the movie. So he knew what to do to get people to the theater. And even though maybe what he made wasn't the best thing, 
It was certainly an interesting thing, and it was a gory thing, but it got people to the theaters. So anything Herschel Gordon Lewis, I, I will watch. And like I said, I don't always love the gore, but it is fun. And Blood Feast. <laughs> oh my goodness. So my favorite thing is in Blood Feast, it's about this mother comes in and wants to throw this unusual party for her daughter. And he says, have you ever heard of an Egyptian feast? And if you could see his face, he has like his eyebrows and his hair has like gray spray on it, like to make him look old. And he has these big eyes bugging out of his head. And he's so devoted and committed to that character. It's ridiculous and fantastic. He's going around and he's killing women to get these things for this Egyptian feast. And he's offering it up to the Egyptian gods and goddesses and stuff. So it's fun. And it's even more fun with Joe Bob. The next one is Blood Harvest, which is a Tiny Tim movie. I had no idea that Tiny Tim was in a movie. If you are not sure who Tiny Tim is, he was a ukulele player and he did all kinds of fun things with his voice. My dad loved him. If you are unfamiliar with him, I don't know if it will be as interesting to you. But it is a, it's a darker movie than I would have expected. But it's still interesting to watch Tiny Tim in a movie and for Joe Bob to walk you through it. After that, we have Chud, which you're probably familiar with if you're into movies, like horror movies and cult movies. So I'm not going to say a whole lot about that, but check it out. It's fun. Castle Freak. This surprised me. And this brings us back to Full Moon Pictures. Full Moon has a movie called Castle Freak. It is one that I actually had not watched yet. It was on my to-do list and I just hadn't really gotten around to it. But I was excited when I saw Joe Bob was going to cover it. And it was better than I expected. It was fun. It was kind of fucked up. But it was it was pretty good for a full moon movie. So what's interesting and frustrating is that it's amazing and wonderful that Shudder has Joe Bob on their show, on their channel. But the problem comes when, understandably, they want him to cover the movies that they have on their channel. Unfortunately, this also limits him. So if he can only cover what they can get on the channel, then, you know, it's just this certain group of movies. And granted, they do get new movies in frequently, but then uh, movies go away as well, which I'll talk about that here in a bit. He does a pretty good job at not sounding saucy about it, but I think it does kind of get under his skin a little that he's limited that way. But it's nice that they're able to get their hands on maybe some lesser known things like Castle Freak and make them available to all of us. A movie that has been around since I believe the 70s is The Changeling. This is one that I had actually happened upon before I had watched Joe Bob Briggs. So I found this one on my own and I enjoyed it. I won't really get into it, but it's basically this guy, his house is being haunted and then he's trying to figure out what the hell the ghost wants. And then it ends up being like this whole thing. The next movie in the series is Contamination. And I will just tell you right now, don't watch it. Don't watch Contamination when we're in the middle of a quarantine because of a pandemic. It's probably just not a good idea. So maybe save that one, skip over it, wait till after the shit passes and then watch it. The next one is Daughters of Darkness. And it was kind of slow. I don't really remember a whole lot about it. It was all right. Really, the only thing that I took away from it is that there was a moment when we were watching it that this woman said something and Todd and I looked at each other and we're like, oh my God, that's in a Rob Zombie song. So apparently he's pulled several quotes from this movie. So it was worth it to me just to listen to a Rob Zombie lyric in its natural habitat. So <laughs> there is that. Deathgasm is one that I'd thought about watching before and I just hadn't. But I'm glad that I watched it and it was it was a lot more fun than I expected. I remember, it has something to do. I think it was like there's uh, teenagers and there's a certain song they play that turns people into zombies or something. And I think maybe, I don't remember if the devil makes an appearance, but I remember it was fun and uh, better than expected. An interesting thing that happened to me today, I noticed that Demon Wind was on this list and I do not remember watching it. So I was going to watch it today. So I went on a shutter and I found the Joe Bob's last drive-in, went to Demon Wind, clicked on it, and it said, item unavailable. And to that, I say, fuck you. So I'm wondering if it, this is that, that case where the licensing ran out so they no longer can play the movie. But that's really fucking irritating that they let him cover something and then I can never see it again, apparently. So maybe when they eventually get the rights back, maybe I'll get to see it again but I'm kind of irritated by it. But that's okay, because we'll just we'll move forward, because we do have other Joe Bob things, like demons. 
The next one is Demons. And um, it's uh, like a movie theater and they're stuck in this movie theater. And I think they're zombie things. I don't remember being terribly impressed with it, but it was fine. And I always enjoy what Joe Bob has to tell me about it. A Girl Walks Alone at Midnight is one that I had watched on my own. I was flipping through movies. It looked interesting because it was different. It's black and white. It's very, it's subtitled. It's very subdued and, you know, kind of slow. And it's, it kind of just walks you through. And I don't know the best way to describe it. It's different, but in a good way. I, I really did enjoy it. And it was interesting to see him cover it. He also covers Hellraiser. I won't really get into that because I'm going to assume that all of you know what Hellraiser is. Henry, the Portrait of a Serial Killer, I have mentioned in the last one, and where I wasn't going to watch it again because it is kind of disturbing. But then Joe Bob had it on, so I watched it again. House of the Devil is another one I watched on my own first, and it's one where it, it is kind of slow and it, it builds and then it explodes. It's about a girl who goes to babysit, and then it turns out she's not babysitting any kid. And that's all I'm going to say. I mentioned Boggy Creek the series. If you didn't know what the hell I was talking about, there is a movie called Legend of Boggy Creek. And Joe Bob Briggs does it on the last drive-in. It's basically like a Bigfoot legend in like Folk Creek, F-O-U-K-E. So there's Legend of Boggy Creek. There's actually a sequel to Legend of Boggy, Boggy Creek. Legend of Boggy Creek 2, Electric Bigfootaloo. I don't know, that was terrible. The interesting note on Legend of Boggy Creek 2 is it is done by Riff Tracks. So I did find you can go on YouTube and you can watch Legend of Boggy Creek 2 Riff Tracks version for free. So Legend of Boggy Creek is basically what I said, is it's just people telling stories about this Boggy Creek Bigfoot creature. The next one is Madman. It's your slasher loose in a camp story. I thought it was pretty good. I had thought about watching it before, and again, I was glad that I waited to watch it with Joe Bob. It's surprising to me how many movies of how many of these movies I had watched before. I knew that Joe Bob covered them like pieces, and it's about a killer loose on a campus, and he takes like a he I believe he like cuts like a jigsaw puzzle piece out of his victims, and so they're trying to figure out who it is. And then there's weird random shit like all of a sudden this guy just like karate attacks this chick out of nowhere so <laughs> so it's interesting it's, it's definitely worth a watch and worth a watch with joe bob prom night two now prom night one is actually available on shutter and i think prom night one is a pretty fun movie i it's not like fantastic but i think it's pretty solid prom night two is kind of shit there are moments in it that make it funny and kind of fun to watch but personally if it were not joe bob doing it i probably wouldn't bother to watch it but again, it was worth watching because Joe Bob had interesting things to say about it. The Prowler, it's another one where someone's walking around killing people and they have to figure out who it is. It was, it was pretty good. It was, it was okay. I don't know. But, you know, still worth a watch. Cue the Winged Serpent. Let me see if I can get this right. Quetzalcoatl, I believe, is the name of the winged serpent thing that this movie is based on. And it's like this guy rose this serpent and there's a robber that there's a lot going on there's something to do with the bank robber and he sees the bird and he's trying to get the police to believe him and david carradine he's in it and he's i don't know i love him i think it's a, pre a pretty good movie and it's fun to watch the serpent is kind of not the best effects but i enjoyed it when i watched it on my own and i enjoyed it watching it with joe bob rabid I don't know if you want to watch that one either, because uh, I think that's another, like, movie with where people get con contagious. I think it's a Cronenberg, so you know there's going to be a lot of weird shit happening. So maybe maybe skip that one. Reanimator. Oh my god, if you have not seen Reanimator, you need to watch Reanimator. And then keep in mind, Bride of Reanimator is also on Shudder. So watch Reanimator with Joe Bob, and then go on your own and watch Bride of Reanimator. So you can see them both. I don't even know what to say. If you haven't seen it, just watch it. But just keep in mind, they hang a lot of zombie dong at the end. And that was something I did not expect. But it's a lot of fun. Sleepaway Camp. There are some things that you see when you're a kid that never quite leave your brain. I don't remember the exact cir circumstances. I seem to remember being on vacation with my family, being like seven or eight, 
I think I had strep throat. My parents weren't in the room because there's no way we would have been watching sleepaway camp with my mom in the room. My older sisters and I were hanging out and I just remember the end. And I'm not going to say anything just in case you have not seen it, which is, would be surprising. But you know, maybe you missed it. But the end when she makes that face, it's emblazoned in my brain to the point where when I was older, I was like, what movie was that from? I couldn't remember the name of the movie. And I was like, it's just burned in my brain. And then when somehow I happened upon Sleepaway Camp, I was like, oh my God, that's it. That's the movie burned into my brain. Didn't remember anything else about the movie. Just remembered the end. And it's still kind of creepy when you go back and watch it now. Although it is interesting with the way that things have happened recently. I'm not sure the kind of reception it would be now. I don't think it could come out quite and have quite the same impact now. I believe Angela is the name of the main character. The actress who played her actually is on the show and she's the penis expert. So every once in a while, if Joe Bob has a question on penises, he calls her and she gives her advice. I don't know. That's one of the fun things about Joe Bob. There's just a few more to get through here. Society. Society I had watched on my own. It's one of those movies that it's interesting, but every once in a while they try to be funny in a weird way. And it's like it's trying too hard. So every once in a while I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? But overall, I think it's uh, it's interesting. The end is the end is a thing in and of itself. You need to watch it just for the end. Maybe that'll make you gl- glad that you're quarantined. I don't know. We'll see. Sorority Babes and the Slimeball Bolorama. Now that is a title only Full Moon Pictures could love. Yes, folks, that's a Full Moon movie. It's okay. I don't really completely care for it. It's all right. We actually, I had it on for a little bit today. It has the the girl from Return of the Living Dead that dances like topless on the tombstone or something. She's in it. I like her. So it's okay. It's fun. It's, it's whatever. But it was fun to see another Full Moon feature on here. There are some movies that I don't watch. I give them a try. If I'm not into it within the first 10 or 15 minutes, then I cut it off. One of those movies is Street Trash. I had tried it and I just wasn't into it. It was something about like homeless people being drinking this ooze or something. And I don't know. It just wasn't getting it done for me. It was just bleh. So I had turned it off. So then when I saw Joe Bob was covering it, I was like, God damn it. I don't want to sit through this movie, even for Joe Bob. And I think I tried, but I probably made it about to the same point. I might have even made it a little further because I knew that I had Joe Bob to look forward to at another point in the movie. But I don't think I finished watching it because it just didn't. I just couldn't. But I say try it. Maybe you'll like it. Maybe you'll think I'm ridiculous that I didn't like it, but give it a try. The stuff is one that's just fun. And I remember liking it as a kid, so I was excited that Joe Bob covered it. It's like this yogurt-like substance starts affecting people, and you probably know it. If you don't, I'm not going to tell you anymore, and then you could have a pleasant surprise. I had not heard of the movie Tourist Trap until Rift Tracks covered it, and I immediately was in love with it. There are some Rift Tracks movies. There are some Rift Tracks movies that you tolerate just because the Rift Tracks guys are funny, but the movie itself isn't very good. There's some movies that are so bad, I can't even watch it with the Rift Tracks on. Then there are some movies that I genuinely like with or without Rift Tracks, or with or without Joe Bob even. Taurus Trap is one of those. When I was watching Taurus Trap, I was like, I this movie is just good. It's fun. Maybe it's not the best. It's solid. It's just a good movie. And if you haven't seen it, you just need to watch it. And you can watch it alone. You can watch it with Joe Bob. You can watch it with Rift Tracks. Or you can be like me and do all three. So this is one of those things where I saw Charles Band mentioned in the credits of Taurus Trap. So when when I was on the Full Moon site looking at movies that I might want to purchase, I saw Taurus Trap was on there. And I was like, holy shit. Like, Charles Band, like, Full Moon has its fingers in, like, everything. I don't know. You never, I never expect to know what I'm going to catch that is related to Full Moon. But Taurus Trap is really good. So I actually bought the DVD of Taurus Trap from Full Moon. And I still watch the Rift Tracks version, and I watched the Joe Bob's version earlier today. Another movie that I turned off and then Joe Bob covered is Wolf Cop. I know there are people that love it, and there, those people are probably surprised that I hate it. But I tried to watch it, and it was just, I don't know, it felt like it was trying too hard. It was too in on its own joke, and 
I was just not amused. I did not like it. When I saw Joe Bob covered it, I was like, okay, Joe Bob, I'm going to do it for you because you're going to teach me some things. So you know what? I'll, I'll, make, I'll try to make it all the way through. Made it all the way through. Didn't like it any better, but I did enjoy the book Joe Bob portions of it. The next one is Wolf Guy. And that's one that I don't really remember a whole lot about. It was like a martial arts thing and it was okay. It was just kind of there. That was one that I was definitely just kind of paying enough attention to. And then when Joe Bob came on the screen, I paid more attention. That is all of the Joe Bob Briggs last drive-in movies. There are two seasons. Then he has two Christmas specials. One is Joe Bob Briggs' Red Christmas. And the, there are three movies he covers in that. The first one is Black Christmas, which I really enjoyed it's, it's one of those where someone's going around killing people in this house and you don't know who it is. It has a very unsatisfying ending, but I still think it was a fun movie. So I thoroughly enjoyed that. Black Christmas. Jack Frost. Holy shit. Jack Frost is one of those movies. I watched it because Riff, Riff Tracks covered it. And it's awful. It's just, I can't do it. And he has these, he turns into a, a snowman and he has these terrible one-liners that have nothing to do with anything. And as I was watching it, I was like, I don't, I don't get it. But I like riff tracks, so at least they're making it enjoyable, as enjoyable as they can. But I was like, I'm never watching this again. But then Joe Bob came along, and he played it. So I was like, all right, I will power through it again and see what Joe Bob has to say about it. I didn't love it, but I did love Joe Bob. So it was, it was worth it. The last one in the Red Christmas series is Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. And that one, it's fun. It's different. I think that one was worth watching. The next Christmas one, he did four. And I was especially excited about this one. So this is the last of the Joe Bob that I'm going to cover. This is all the Joe Bob that is on Shudder. And this is a good one. So, somehow, I had never seen Phantasm. I had heard people mention it. Never, somehow never saw it. I don't even remember how I ended up seeing Phantasm, but honestly, I think what happened is I saw a box set. So I figured it was a really good price and I knew I wanted to see it. And we all know how excited I get when I know there's a series of something. So I was like, fuck it, I'm going to get it. So it is fun. It's, it's not what I expected. Of course, I really didn't know quite what to expect, but it wasn't that. <laughs> There's like little Jawas with cheese whiz blood. And the tall man is amazing. He's lots of fun. Boy. So it goes in weird, goofy places, but it's a solid movie. I think it's a great movie. It's lots of fun. Joe Bob covers Phantasm, Phantasm 3, 4, and Ravager, which is 5. I have mixed feelings about the series because it gets into real weird, like... I don't know if existential is the right word, but they go into real trippy places. And I think because it's so trippy, they have trouble holding on to it and keeping things cohesive. So that kind of gets to me sometimes. I do like that they manage to keep most of the same actors throughout all the movies. I think the second one, they don't have the main kid, but in all the rest of them, it is. And they definitely do have a dynamic, the main characters. They have this great dynamic. And Reggie's just a, I don't know, he's just fun. And the kid is good. I say he's a kid. I don't even know how old. He's probably in his 30s or something by the other one. But I think it's still a good series. I don't, by the last one, they started using effects that are just stupid. So it's a little frustrating. But I enjoy the whole series. One thing that I love, and we all know how much I love when they evolve things so the sphere in the first one goes in someone's head and then there's a hole that the blood spouts out of so they actually evolve the sphere as the series goes on so i fucking love the shit out of that and the other thing is at that same middle of beyond website todd found the sphere for our christmas tree so i know joe bob was saying that some people were complaining that he did phantasm for his christmas show but to me it all comes together i got a sphere ornament now so, and I, I don't know, I thought it was great that he covered Phantasm because I had just recently discovered it. So it was nice to see him talk about it. And I think Reggie was even on there. I thought it was amazing and wonderful. And I really think you should give, give it a chance. It is kind of annoying that they didn't have the second one in there, but you know what? I own it. 
so I can always just watch it on my own. That is basically it. So I have talked your ear off about all kinds of movies and opinions and shit. I hope that you are taking care of yourselves and your loved ones. I know that you're probably going stir crazy. Please do whatever you can to get yourself through this. It's just, uh, it's for a limited time. And at times like this, I think of shit that I've been through. And I probably haven't been through as terrible shit as other people. But I've been through some things. And when shitty things happen, I just remind myself... There have been times in my life that I didn't know I was going to make it through. And I made it through. So I know I'm going to make it through this. And I know I also understand that sometimes you need people to help you make it through. If you need to reach out to someone, and I know it's hard now because we physically can't reach out to each other. <laughs> just call somebody. Text each other. If you are starting to feel really down, email me. Reach out to me on Facebook. I'll talk to you. I don't care. You know, I'm here for you. I just want, I get worried about everybody and I want everybody to be as happy as they can be. And if I can be silly to make you feel better, if you want to talk about horror movies, if you want to talk about serial killers, if you want to talk about anything, just reach out to me. It's very important that we stay close together, even if we can't be close together physically. So thank you for spending QT with Queen V. I will have a regular Murder Lab available soon, so stay tuned for that. You can find me on iTunes and Google Play. Thank you for entering the lab. Don't give me morals when you're showing me your butt.